guys. Welcome to the Care Coach Lead podcast. This is Andrew Frezza, and I'm joined today by Brian Costello of O23. And Brian's this is his second time on the show, uh, first time under the new brand here. But um, we both have faced a lot of changes in our businesses. So I wanted to have Brian come on today and really talk about the future of the coach, the future of the industry, and how we can really have deeper impact as coaches and gym owners moving forward. So welcome to the show again, Brian. Thank you. I really, uh, I'm really excited about this. I appreciate you having me on. I, I really enjoyed our first conversation. Um, and like you said, a lot has changed since a lot is still very much the same, but then there's also a lot of, a lot of differences and it'll be cool to, to catch up and follow up and update everybody. Yeah, definitely. So tell us a little bit about where O23 is today or how it's really evolved in the last few months, few years, and the shifts that you've you've done now with the business. Yeah. Yeah. So the last time we spoke, um, we were operating um, primarily as a certification, an O23 certification. Uh, but we also, one of the ways we wanted to separate ourselves and um, try to separate ourselves was being not just a certification, but a certification and a mentorship. So we're teaching you all of our systems. And then we're also going to help you build your own you know, signature O two three system that that's yours, a high ticket system. And then we're also going to help you go out, market, sell it, brand it, all that kind of stuff as well. So sort of is kind of like this this total package and um and then just to put some context into it, O twenty three standing for other twenty three hours of the day, really teaching coaches how to have impact in in terms of overall movement, sleep, lifestyle, mindset, more than just workouts, right? Exactly, right. So it's it's focusing primarily on what happens, obviously, once we leave the gym. And in a lot of ways, what it's really evolving into is, to, to make it simple, is helping the coaches uh, be able to help their clients connect all the, the all of the physical to the mental, the emotional, and even, even the spiritual in some ways, but without having to leave the scope of fitness, without having the client to have to leave the gym that they love. So using the relationships that are already formed, using the trust that's already built and taking it to the, you know, a few steps further, higher, deeper, however you want to say, but all of those things. Cool. So now you guys are still working with coaches, but now you're not training coaches for them to go off on their own. They're now all under the O23 brand. They're under your actual company, correct? Correct. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'll give you this the story and how that that came down, but um, but but I'll, I'll spoil a little bit first. But yeah, so now we all instead of sending them off on their own to, at the end of this relationship, uh, we only bring coaches on now that we um, are, that we plan on working with as part of the O two three staff for a long period, you know, long term relationship, and that we are very certain will have rapid success. Um, so and and part of the reason that came about was um, so trying to think how to make this to summarize this the best, but, but anyway, you know, with COVID and everything, there was a lot of ups and downs with what we were doing. And one of the ways um, we were doing this pre COVID, but not too far, we had really just kind of fully taken shape in the, in that current format, just a few months prior to COVID we're off to a great start. People were like, yes, this is great. This is what the industry needs, what the world needs, yada, yada. And then all of a sudden, boom, every potential client, you know, coach out there was like, dude, I don't know if I'm going to, even have a business in a few months or whatever. So, you know, we had all that stuff going on. So we really leaned into, we were, we were already helping coaches kind of 
you know, bring this into their craft as a way to separate themselves, a way to have a, a higher level offer to stand out from the pack a little bit and create some authority in their, not just in their own gym, but in their, in their local community as a, you know, a real health professional, someone that can go a little further with everybody. And, um, one of the ways we were doing that was also helping them do like move online, like have an online offer. And a big part of what the, the business t- mentorship that we did was, was helping them develop like an online offer and how to market and sell it and do all that stuff. As the, you know, online gold rush or whatever, you know, the COVID, everybody in the world's going online. All of a sudden we're now, well, we, we, th- this is what our potential client needs the most. So we were kind of leaning into that in a lot of ways in our marketing and messaging of like, Hey, yeah, we do all this O2-3 stuff and we're going to help you build a successful online business. And, um, because that just seemed like the, the highest need at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. And as we were doing that and we were having good success, we certified over 50 coaches in our first year throughout COVID. Um, and most of them were going off and having success using the systems that we were teaching, the ones who were you know really doing it. And um, But what I was starting to feel misaligned with the like mess, we were starting to get boxed into or lumped into like, you know, a, a business course, like a business mentoring course. And at first I was okay because it was like, you know, people, sometimes business is easier to get people's attention with like, yeah, we're going to help you make more money or we're going to help you like transition your business. And, um, it was sort of like the, you know, we knew, we knew ultimately we were still going to really make them much better coaches and to help people better. But if it, if the conversation started about the business, that that's fine. But after a while that was starting to just like not really feel right to me. I'm like, I spent all these years developing these these systems that I believe are truly unique, innovative, you know, ancient wisdom for our modern world and a very specific, clear way, you know, ways of understanding and teaching. Like this is my, my heart and my passion. And I'm barely talking about it. I mean, I'm talking about it once they're in the program, but I'm barely talking about it publicly. And we're talking more about online businesses and things like that. And we're highlighting our coaches who are, you know, having $5,000 weeks or, Ten thousand dollars, you know, um, you know, five figure months, and like that, we're like highlighting all of that. I'm like, just, I don't know, like it just wasn't really feeling right. And a lot of the conversations we were getting in with coaches were, they were kind of like, I was noticing the responses were different when they, if they thought we were a business company, they they would put up some, you know, kind of, um, kind of put up some walls quickly. Like, no, 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 no. I know how these things work. It's like, you're going to tell me I'm going to get rich in 90 days and I'm going to make all this money and all this. And it's bullshit. Right. You know, like, and, um, and that really was like, no way that this is not where we want to get lumped in. And, um, it was actually really funny. One day I was, I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw an ad and I screenshot it. I actually was just, um, talking about it recently. And, um, it was, a a, a person sitting in a pool on a pink flamingo float, right? Just floating around the pool with a laptop on their, on their uh, lap. And the, the, the headline said, do you want to make, um, do you want to run a six figure coaching business? Exactly like this question mark, you know, exactly like this. I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. And then I was reading the caption and it was like, you know, I was doing, I was broke and this and that. And then I started implementing these systems and, Within a short period of time, I made my first million dollar month, million dollar month, right? And so I'm like, and I, I, I actually got like angry and I don't get angry very often, but I was like, this is bullshit. And I was like, this is who people think like we are, like, this is who we're getting lumped in with. And that day I, um, so I decided to actually 
it's funny. I took the afternoon. I, I was all worked up and I'm like, I'm, I had this list of content I was supposed to write that was like similar to like, not like that, but like about the business stuff. And I'm like, this is not what I should be saying. This is not w what I, what we really do best. And, um, I took the afternoon and I was like, I'm not going to do anything this afternoon that I don't want to do. Like, I'm only going to just do things that feel like fun to me, write about things I want to write about. Um, smoked a joint and had the music, music on in the studio. And I was just trying to like feel what felt right. And I started realizing that none of this is, feels right right now. Right. There's, there's all the stuff that we have, but it's like, it's like not at the top of the conversation. Like all these things need to be at the top of the conversation. And I was like, so I decided that day we are no longer going to be a business um, uh, mentorship program. All of the skills that we have on the business side are going to be used purely to help our own business grow through, you know, helping our coaches be better. Like, but only the ones that are on our team and that are doing this with us that are in it for the long run. And, and I was like, you know, not just because you have a lot of business knowledge and experience doesn't mean you have to help other people with their businesses. You could just use it to like make your own business really good, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so we decided that day that that was going to change. And, um, we, from, that was in March and we just basically kind of started tearing down our entire structure. Um, we started hiring, we, we reached out to a bunch of our graduates, uh, and started hiring them back on, you know, taking them back on staff, basically building our first teams. And then we're really now just this, this was March and it's now November, mid November. We're just getting to the point where all the, you know, rebuilding is just about finished up and we're ready to slam the gas pedal coming into the new year under this, uh, under this new system. Yeah, that's exciting. It's funny how similar the places that we're getting to are, even though we don't talk, talk much. I mean, <laughs> I don't even really interact much with your, uh, social media to the point that, but we're, we're still very much in a similar path of, um, seeing how, our, our businesses are not aligned with what we're really passionate about, mm -hmm. the type of change and transformation that we want to have. And, and we're in a similar spot with seven figure box transitioning to care coach lead of realizing that my passion is really with the coach. I mean, mm -hmm. I love helping gym owners, but what I don't want to do is just help a gym owner become successful, financially successful, and the the gym itself, the the type of change and impact that gym is having, is just a commodity. Exactly. It's just like everybody else. And exactly. and with a commodity, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a commodity or like everyone else. If the impact is really there, mm -hmm. what I found in this industry is that there's a false sense of impact. You mm -hmm. know, you can help someone lose a little bit of weight. You can help them, you know, set some PRs. But did you really? help them evolve as a person? Did you right. really help them change and transform their mindset? And those are the things that I'm way more passionate about. And, right. you know, I don't want to just create a, a successful, profitable gym that doesn't have those things. You know, I really, I really care about the coach. I believe in the coach. Um, so actually that's what I want to talk about is, mm -hmm. is kind of the future of the coach mm -hmm. and, and where, where you see kind of culture, society, and the industry shifting. Um, what are some things that just pop into your head when you think about kind of the future of the coach, the opportunities that are out there for coaches who want to have a deeper impact? That's a good question. Yeah. And that's something I've been really talking a lot about lately. And um, as time is moving forward here in this world and the situations in our, in our, 
world regarding our, our health and happiness, right? This just um, of, of, of individuals, but as a collective is not going, you know, not, not showing uh, a lot of good signs here, right? We're kind of, we're still heading in the wrong direction. Um, I've been feeling more and more called lately to just truly just try to inspire coaches to take a look around at the you know society as a whole as the collective and their individual clientele and realize that they are part of that and so are we as coaches i don't want to exclude us from this conversation but we're all we're all struggling out here like we're all having trouble you can't go anywhere or talk to anyone who's not either directly like suffering from from some i don't want to say like serious health problems but like i like to use the term health challenges right like we're all facing real health challenges um, that ultimately, if they're not conquered, these challenges, ultimately they turn into health problems, right? So maybe they're not showing up things that necessarily have a diagnosis or would show up on blood work or anything like that, but because they're like, you know, we're anxious and we, you know, we can't sleep and then we can't get up and then we're like, you know, slightly depressed, like whatever, all these things in most cases, not enough to be like a real health problem, but we're all dealing with these, these challenges. Um, so when I, I'm encouraging every coaches to see in their clientele that, you know, this is, this is the situation. This is what we're dealing with. And that we, as the fitness industry can be a very, very major player in the healing of our society as a whole. If we just, if we, you know, do some things differently. Right. And, uh, and what, and, before I go any further, the, the terms suffering and healing are terms that we use here at 023 and, and terms that I encourage coaches to, to start using and acknowledging that, yeah, those like symptoms and things I just mentioned, these health challenges, they, they we're, you know, if you're experiencing those things, we're suffering to some degree, right? There's degree of suffering there. And the process of, of ending that suffering and moving forward is a, is a healing process, right? We have to, to heal our, our current ways or our past, um, you know, issues that we've had or whatever, and kind of, you know, rebuild and regrow. So, so anyway, um, I'm encouraging coaches to really acknowledge the, the, the degree of suffering that's in their gyms and in their communities and be, um, to, to play up, st st own their influence that they are very likely, um, one of the, one of the, if not the most influential health figure in the life of these clients, right? Because, they have an actual relationship. They, these people look up to them and will come to them with questions and, um, and, and, and trust them and to use that trust, um, in the best possible way to take those relationships further and, uh, start to address some of the bigger needs of the clients and of the society as a whole. Yeah, I love that. And I like the, the framing of the health challenges versus health problems and, you know, I, I kind of look at it from the standpoint of like, we all want to be able to kick ass at life. We all want to be mm -hmm. able to, you know, feel, you know, insane amount of energy, like wake up out of bed, feeling motivated, be able to crush our workouts, be able to be present and, and, uh, you know, a great husband and spouse mm -hmm. and father or whatever it might be. And we're all falling short in some way yep. of that. Um, and I think that's a lot of people out there are just kind of settling for that mediocrity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that as coaches, not only do we have some of the tools, many of the tools to help people 
get out of that that mediocrity. But I also think that um, we have the ability to almost give people a confidence in themselves yes. that they can break through. We can show like get like kind of like the matrix. You give them like the red clue and the yeah. pill and the blue pill. You can you can give them a window into what this potential looks like before they've even tasted it themselves. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. That that's really huge. Um yeah and and like you mentioned like we all want to crush in everyday life, right? We they people they join your gym because they you know they want to lose weight, they want to have more energy, they want to be stronger, all these things so they can go live a better life. Like they can translate that into into their life. So um they're there to better their everyday life. But as a coaching staff or as coaches, we usually we know very little about their actual everyday life. Like we're helping them with their everyday life, but we don't really know much about it. We're kind of just like, we have, you know, some questions on an intake form in the first day and that gets shoved in a, a filing cabinet somewhere, you know, and then we get to know them and like, Oh, I'm married and I have kids and I do this and I do that. But like, we don't really know what their, what their life is like, what the, what kind of life they're leading. And if it's, you know, a, a life full of, you know, purpose and drive and passion and, and happiness and joy, or, you know, the, the gym is a, a place that they come to essentially escape because of th- all those things are not, are, are not true. Um, so the idea is to like, all right, well, they're here to improve their everyday life. Let's, let's bring their everyday life to the center of the table a little bit and not a little bit, like let's make that the forefront of the discussion in a lot of ways. And it doesn't, we don't have to pry into the, the deep, details of you know their romantic relationships or whatever like that but we can take a closer look at their habits their behaviors their routines their mindset their viewpoints their belief systems and um like you said just start to um create some shifts in in those areas these little shifts these little trigger points that can have major major effects and like you said just to give them a little taste just to let them see that see out that window and let them see what's possible and not only what's possible but what's possible um through just like within the scope of fitness like and still make it feel like fitness right it's it's kind of branching out it's expanding beyond that but they don't have to leave their gym they don't have to go you know hire some go to a therapist or go find some kind of spiritual coach or whatever that kind of makes them a little uncomfortable they're not sure they can do it within fitness a place they've already had success they've already there's people they know the coaches they love like they can within there they can do so much more than they're currently doing yeah. One thing I want to ask you about, I want to ask your thoughts on this is like, it's really important. I feel very strongly. It's important for us to bring these things to the surface and have real conversations with clients about it. Because what I found is you could get a client the result, but if they don't realize that it's the actual result that they're chasing mm-hmm. or that result is part of what they're chasing, then they don't ever get the result. So mm-hmm. like an example of this would be, Let's say you get a, a, a woman, she's in her 40s, she's, you know, got some kids that are grown up a little bit. And she's like, I haven't, I haven't felt confident in my body since before having kids. Mm-hmm. I don't want my husband to even look at me. I don't even like to really leave the house or wear certain outfits because I'm just like, I don't want to be seen. I mm-hmm. want to just kind of blend in and be a part of the background. Right. And, and this person, let's say, has 15 pounds to lose to kind of get to a spot that they're ideal weight is what I found is that if, if those things don't come to the surface in a conversation with a coach, um, those bigger issues, not the 15 pounds, but right. all the other stuff, the why yeah. and, 
the why, and there's not some kind of work being done from a mindset perspective on that, she could lose the 15 pounds and be in a position where there's no reason for her to not be confident yet. Most likely she still will not have achieved any of those mm -hmm. things that we talked about. Mm -hmm. So I just want to ask you about that. And, and if you've had a similar experience and what are your thoughts on, on those things having to come to service and can't be, they just can't be solved by accident. No, uh, can't be solved by what? So it was, by accident, like as a like, I lost the fifteen pounds, and then oh yeah, hopefully this thing just happened to exactly with it. Exactly. Um, yes, because uh, that that like problem, that scenario, isn't just about the fifteen pounds. It's about all these mindset and, and beliefs and limiting beliefs that go with it, right? So if it's in the, in a client's mind, they may think, oh, if I just lose this weight, all these things will start to change and go away. But that's not really how it works. It has to be a shift in in perspective and mindset as well. Um, so the uh yeah so what we do we we do a lot of what we call comparative analysis and helping clients compare where they were to where they are now and in a lot of ways it's it's like stating the obvious but like celebrating the wins and seeing like oh do you realize what you just told me like that what you just said about how you're feeling whatever let's let's flash back a little bit and see talk about like our initial conversations and what we talked about in week 3 or week 2 or whatever to where we are now and help them really see these wins. Um, and it's a shame, but like, this is the world, the nature of, of the world we live in now, where it's like, we have to look really hard. We won't see these victories and we won't see this progress and this transformation unless it like kind of smacks us in the face. Um, but we also, like you said, we, we just assume that we have some kind of, um, physical change, like losing weight, that all the mental, emotional, spiritual side of it's going to automatically come with it. And that's not true. We need to, focus on the whole, the whole picture, the holistic, which is why we use the term holistic. It's, it's not just about the physical, it's about the mental, emotional and spiritual as well. So, um, yeah, that's why, yeah, that's, that's a really good point. And, um, it's why we use the word transformation a lot and transformation is, is not just like a, an example of losing weight, right? You'll see two pictures, You'll see someone post pictures online. Oh, you know, my transformation and one, they're bigger and one, they're a lot smaller. The pants are, they're holding up their old pants or whatever. And like, it's really cool and it's awesome. And it's a lot of, a lot to celebrate, but that doesn't necessarily mean transformation because that could change back pretty easily. We've all seen that happen. And it's, it's sad when it does, when we believe that transformation implies that you can't really change back. You've, you've shifted as a person. And unless you have some sort of like, you know, massive change in, in life or you like decide like F this, I'm done, like whatever. It would be weird. It would be like almost hard to, to change back because of the, the shifts that you've made. And we, we know that transformation, we, we break it down into two parts. We know that it requires changes in behaviors, right? We have to change the things we're doing, our habits, behaviors, routines, but it, it has to be driven by changes in beliefs about those behaviors, right? So, that's why we don't we don't do meal plans or macros or say here do this here change these behaviors just start like kind of follow these instructions um because that could end up being this you know what we just talked about where yeah okay I lost a bunch of weight and stuff but I don't really know why I was doing all these things I didn't really heal the 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 wounds so to speak not to get like make it sound like that but like I didn't really fix what needed to be fixed it's kind of like a uh 
a flip, a, a home renovation flip. Like I just kind of like, you know, fixed it up a little bit, made it look nice and all those things, but I didn't like get down to the structure and really, you know, change this thing once and for all. Um, and that's, uh, I think that the industry at large, it, we struggle because we are, uh, kind of like, that's the, the, the norm is to almost like, just like, just get this X result, like follow these instructions, you'll get this X result and you'll be happy. And, it's, it's incomplete. It's just not true. And people end up the re one of the reasons they, someone who, for example, may that lost a lot of weight may gain it back is because they're still unhappy, right? They're still, they're, whatever was really at the core of, of them getting to that place in the first place is still there. And it's still causing them to overeat or binge eat or emotionally eat or whatever the issues are that are holding them back. And, um, you know, at 023, that's what we, we do. We get down to the roots and, you know, fix things once and for all. I love that approach. It, it, something popped into my head, uh, something that I have a big pet peeve with. It's just, just like, oh, nutrition is just calories in, calories mm -hmm. out, right? You hear that all the time. And it's something that just always rubs me the wrong way mm -hmm. when I see it because it's like, yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. But every time you do that, you, you oversimplify something that's so complex. Mm -hmm. And we know that, that food and nutrition is not just uh, it's, it's emotional, it's hormonal. There's so mm -hmm. many things to this besides just calories in calories out. And, and it's, it's a, it's a way of just kind of ignoring all these other things that are so important and more important because if the, if the beliefs are there, if the, the person has an identity and an approach to mm -hmm. life that is centered around fitness and nutrition and, and living a holistic, healthy life, then you know, it really doesn't matter if at times they, you know, eat more than they consume, they're going to just naturally work themselves back pretty yes. easily. Right. Um, and then the opposite is true. They could go, they could go a year managing their calories in versus their calories out. But if the beliefs haven't changed, mm -hmm. it's only a matter of time before they go back to exactly. these old ways. Exactly. Um, how do you, how do you start to make a dent on those beliefs? Like what are, what are things that you guys do in your approach to make a dent into those beliefs? Yeah. So I think, I guess the best way to answer that is, um, we break our coaching into two parts, really, uh, education and execution and education is where we get a chance to really, um, you know, have time set aside to just truly educate the person on here's like what we're going to be focusing on. Here's our, our beliefs and our, our philosophies surrounding these certain things. Here are the big common problems that uh, people normally, you know, they face and, and that we see in the industry and here's why and all the kind of the back to it. And um, I'll talk more about that in a moment because that's actually what, what truly is like makes us the most unique is our education and our philosophies. Um, and then we focus on, the execution. Okay. So how are you doing? What's working? What's not? Where are you stuck? Where are you succeeding? What have you learned this week? What are you noticing? What are you feeling? And that's much more like the, the individual, right? And um, so, but the education side is, um, you know, this is where the whole thing kind of started for me is where I, um, I'll give a very short version, but I, you know, I owned a gym for many years and all these things. And I, I literally like lived in it basically and was, you know, Mr. Fitness in a lot of ways. Yet I was really not in a good place. Um, health wise, like overall health was really in a poor place by the time I was done, uh, at the end of my run with uh, gym ownership. And, um, I, 
I was realized I didn't realize until I started getting better that like, man, I really didn't understand health that well. Like I understood like, you know, work capacity and, you know, how to move a, you know, cycle a barbell pretty well and things. But like, I didn't really know what like true health, um, true health was until I sold the gym, took some time, started rebuilding myself and essentially had like a, a you know, a holistic awakening sort of speak and, and started com completely turning my life around and, 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 experiencing things that I was like, Oh my God, like I feel so freaking good now that like, this is what my, my clients needed. This is what everybody needs. Right. It wasn't, I had all these clients after years that were just kind of plateaued and stuck and, and um, you know, we had a lot of success, but it's just what happens after a while. And I was like, this, this is what everybody needs. This is what I got. I got to figure out how to like bring this stuff to them. But the thing was I had been all over the map, right? I had been doing extended fasting. I was doing all the breath work stuff. I was just like doing all different, like kind of like experiments on myself essentially. And, you know, kind of, you know, no limits to what I was afraid, um, willing to, to, to go into the rabbit hole with, you know? And, um, and then I was like, well, how could I like, how could I teach this to somebody else? It would be like impossible, you know, three years essentially of like just everything under the sun. And then I, I started realizing, okay, well, that's, that's the challenge, right? How do I do this? How do I create a system to get somebody, instead of taking three years, how can I bring them here in, in essentially like three months? And how can I do it in like a linear fashion instead of being up and down and all over the place? Like, what would I do? What would I, so I landed on what, how would I turn, um, like how would I create the program that I needed three years ago using what I know now? And that's where I started, you know, it was all education at first. Everything we do here was just like, I it started with me um, in my journal and like, like breaking things down and um, doing what, what I refer to as decomplexifying um, everything. And we say that meaning um, the human body and, and, and nature is very, very, very complex, but it's not very complicated. Right. We can do we can teach it and understand it in very simple ways, just like, you know, it's the reason we're, we're here as humans for, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of years, whoever, you, you know, whatever you believe um, isn't because of all the latest breakthroughs in technology. Right. It's because we were able to align with nature and we did it in a, in a very simple way. We were able to understand it ourselves, we teach it to our, each other or to our kids and pass it down and simple uh we we use everyday language and everyday lessons things that people can see for themselves and feel for themselves so they don't need to trust me on anything or trust us they can go out and actually experience it and feel it and learn it that way um so through the educational side of what we do we're able to we we actually even in a lot of our content we have things listed as light bulbs like this is a main light bulb for this part this is a main light bulb and they're they're literally you're bringing someone through these these, these, uh, this education and you're, it's like, you know, every week you get to flip four or five really, really important switches in their mind on, Oh, wow. I never thought of it that way. Or I never, you know, I never looked at it like that. Or uh, I always thought it was like so much more confusing. I didn't have the confidence. I didn't, I you know I didn't think I could ever like really get this stuff. And now I, now I do. Um, and through that is where we, I forget what the original question was, but that's where we get to clarify because they're, they're coming. It's a fitness industry. So they're coming in, confused. They've been sold they've millions of dollars spent every day convincing them that they're broken. They don't, they, um, they can't fix it themselves, right? They just, they have to buy this pill or shakes or whatever. So that gets through to people and they think they, they feel disempowered. I don't, I don't know what to do. I got to go see a, an expert or something. I'm, I'm kind of lost. I'm confused. 
and we through the education we help show them we we it's all about empowerment it's like by the end of it they're fully in the driver's seat of their own life knowing like all the problems aren't gone but i now feel fully prepared i know what to do i know how i react to certain things i know my tendencies i know why i've fallen off in the past um i have four fundamental lifestyle practices nutrition sleep movement and mindset that i am in full control of they're intentional they're intuitive and I just like, I'm in control. This is it. Like I, you know, there's not, it's that transformation feeling like there's no real going back from this. Um, so that's like, you know, that's our truest, like that's my, that's my, where my truest heart is. And that's what really like got this whole thing started is how we teach and deliver these systems. So um, I think programs that just, again, hear are the instructions or follow this like, like formula. That's like really just like a formula based is um they're 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 incomplete and they can make me a good business you know if you're gonna just have people get some quick results and get ready for that cruise and get in bikini or something like that but it's not really changing the getting to the roots of the problems and and solving a, a higher level health challenges right yeah yeah that's awesome um so your your clients your end user is basically going through a curriculum as if uh, almost as if they're becoming a coach, but for their own transformation. Correct. Yeah. In a lot of ways, um, it's, 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 it's simplified. It, the, so the biggest process for me over the last, it's been like close to five years now is like simplifying things down to make sure there's everything they need and nothing more. Right. And again, that's kind of like the decomplexify process. Um, but yeah, they, they do, it, it kind of looks like a course in some ways, but, um, it's in very manageable doses, very bite-sized chunks, like I said, easy to remember, easy to digest and understand. Um, and we kind of teach them in ways that they can't really not understand it because they can, like I said, see or feel it and can't really forget it. Like what's the kind of thing of once you make sense to you, you're like, Oh, I get it. It's not memorizing a bunch of heavy science that makes mm -hmm. sense. And then you go off for a few months off your, you know, off your diet or whatever. And also like, I don't even really remember these things, these numbers, these, you know, what was that? What was better again? More fats, more carbs. I don't remember. You know what I mean? Like it's, we, yeah. we do it in a way where you can't really forget. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I, I, I really like what you're saying about how education can start to rewire beliefs. And I think when people say here as a coach, like, Oh, I'm going to help someone with their beliefs. It's kind of like, I'm going to take someone who's like, oh, I'm not confident myself. And I'm going to try to do some like mindset voodoo magic to try to get them confident in themselves. And what I'm hearing from you is that, that, you know, that confidence or whatever belief that needs to be changed is going to evolve over time through context, mm -hmm. which is going to come through education, mm -hmm. you know? And, and one thing that jumped out for me is like, I got really into the paleo diet and, and evolution, uh, evolutionary nutrition a decade ago, you know, when mm -hmm. it was really popular in, in CrossFit. And I would say that even though I do eat very many things on a daily basis that wouldn't perfectly fit into what Rob Wolf or Lorraine mm -hmm. Cordain set out. Lorraine as like Cordain, wow, paleo. I heard that name in a while. Yeah, <laughs> uh, in the original Paleo Diet or Mark mm -hmm. Sisson, um, you know, the, the mindset, the uh, approach of an evolutionary approach allows you to cut through a lot of bullshit that mm -hmm. comes across your way on an everyday basis, you know, right. of, you know, should I, eat, should I be going low fat or low carb? Should I be, 
you know, trying out this new, this new pill, this new thing, this new fad, you can run it through that lens of an evolutionary approach. Mm -hmm. And not to say that everything new is bad, everything man-made is bad right. in that sense, but it does allow you to quickly be grounded in some way in your thinking that allows you to not be easily swayed one direction or another mm -hmm. and to you know i think approach things in a way that has a little bit more timeless approach yes. has a more alignment with nature as you pointed out as opposed to you know what's going to be the most effective for losing these 15 pounds because mm -hmm. you could win you could win that game and lose the bigger game yes exactly exactly um yeah that's exactly right and we 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 help people first of all we help them connect better to themselves to 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 nature and to each other and through that connection they start to they start to like feel it and start to see these things the same way our ancestors did right our ancestors weren't le reading food labels and saying oh how many calories are in this thing like they just like they they had other ways of identifying the what was the best food at the best right time and going to give the proper energy and all of those things um um shoot i lost my chance oh so anyway uh, what i was going to say is like to expand on our educational just a little bit, I'll try not to go too much into this. Um, but if anyone's listening, we have our new podcast is coming out, and the first five episodes are part of a series where I'm uh, introducing all of these principles and systems. So we're called O Two Three Holistic Systems. Um, that's kind of if we if I wanted to give it like a full name, it would be O Two Three Holistic Principles and Lifestyle Optimization Systems. And the that sounds wordy and obviously unnecessary, so we don't use that. But what there's kind of two parts there. The holistic principles are these essential laws that are basically timeless, universal principles of nature that no matter where you go in any part of the world, this you know they're at the core of of these you know ancient beliefs and, and philosophies. Um, and then the lifestyle optimization optimization systems is the kind of non our, our each individual like non-universal circumstances right and like uh, we each have our own lives with different schedules different workloads different stress different ways of handling so the lifestyle optimization systems is is how we take all these principles and apply them directly to to our life and our specific circumstances because again if i'm just teaching blanket principles so in fit in the health world there's a lot of people that teach holistic principles right similar to ours or is it, we have some definitely unique differences, but like people that teach that, but in a lot of ways they can be sort of abstract, a little wooey, a little like hard to pin down of like, what do I, like this makes sense, but what do I do with it? I don't really know what to do with my life. And on the fitness side, it's like the opposite. It's like here, you know, eat this exact amount of things at this time, do this amount of weight on the bar, this many re rest, this much time between sets. Like it's very prescriptive. So the one side is like too much um, feel too much wooey and not enough formula. And the other side is like too much formula and not really enough feel. And um, what we are trying our best to do and feel like we've really done a great job so far, we'll continue to do better, but is striking that perfect balance between like, making these abstract kind of wooey holistic concepts very clear and understandable and digestible and tangible uh, and digestible and then giving them the tangible actionable steps that apply to their specific life and their life circumstances. That makes sense. Nice. I like how you, you frame that 
one way that I always describe the way to take maybe something untangible, make it tangible is like, what is the low hanging fruit yep. for this client? What is the, the simplest thing, the simplest action, the thing that's going to be least noticeable or maybe the least interruptive to their schedule. Mm-hmm. That's going to have the biggest impact, Yes, you know, and usually you're also kind of working back to like, what is the problem they're trying to solve? And what is the low hanging fruit in relation to that problem? Yes. So for some people, it might be, you know, a daily walk outside because their, you know, energy levels are dropping. They're super stressed at the second half of their day. Something's happening in the second half of their day where you can insert this midday to get them to feel better. For other people, it's I'm starving by the time I get to lunch and I just eat a bunch of crappy food. So it's like, okay, what can we work on in their their breakfast or mid morning to enable them to not get to this point every day. And, um, and then for other people, it's, it's incorporating things like maybe some of that more woo woo stuff of meditation or Mm -hmm. gratitude practice, because, you know, I'm just stressed. I have no structure to my day. I have no, uh, I'm always focused on what's going to happen wrong as opposed to what's going right in my life kind of a thing. Is that how you guys see it and kind of attack it? Very much so. Because otherwise, it could just be overwhelming. There's all, all, so many different things that we could be focusing on at any point in time, right? So what we help people do is um, we always want to identify that what we, we kind of half, uh, half jokingly call the biggest little thing. Like what's the biggest little thing in each of the foundational four practices? So um, and sometimes it's like don't even worry about the other two or three. Like these are, right now we just need to do this one thing today or tomorrow or whatever. Um, but that's so we teach all of these things. But as we're bringing people through, so the um, so our foundational for food, sleep, movement, mindset. Everybody already has these practices, right? Everybody already eats. They already sleep. They already move, and they already think. Just there's different levels and degrees of um, intention to them and, and awareness around them, right? So like a lot of times it's just completely unconscious. But they've been doing these things every day their entire life. Or, or not, which would still be important. Like they're not moving, right? So but it's still, but they still have a movement practice. Um, so we help them, like I mentioned before, make them intentional, which means there's a clear purpose and payoff to all the decisions that I'm making through the day and that they're intuitive, which means I'm always aware of how I feel. I'm reflecting and aware of how these decisions are uh, impacting me. And then I'm adapting based on, on that feeling, those awarenesses. Um, so we're as we're working through these practices, you know, like I said, there's a million things we could do every day to get better. But what we help them with is is take them through a daily process of deciding what's the the one thing I need to do in each of these things tomorrow. Right? At the end of the day, it's like, or in any whether they want to do it in the morning or night, it's like what's the one thing in each of these four practices that's going to kind of be the low hanging fruit or the the trigger point that brings everything else together. Or it's just like just the 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 win I need right now, the the area I need the focus. Right? I just need to, um, you know, I just need to get to the gym tomorrow. Like I haven't been there in a week or three days or like whatever. Um, and it could range from that things like that to things like I just need to get a new lunchbox because I've been eating out because I can't pack my lunch because you know I left my lunchbox or not lunchbox, whatever someone would use like a little cooler or something. I don't know, like silly things like that or. Like you said, I need to, you know, I really need to journal today because there's just so my mind is just racing and I can't think straight and I'm feeling all, I'm, I'm in, feeling all like, you know, whatever clogged up inside and I just need a, um, a 20 minute walk or, and, and some, and to just put the pen to paper for a little bit. 
And the, the practices, you know, these, they're called practices because they need to practice feeling what do I really need right now, identifying what's the one thing that I need, and then knowing how I'm going to make that come to life. And that's, that's a, literally a practice that we get better at and better at every day. And it's a practice that never ends. Just like they've always had these four practices, they're gonna always ha- they're gonna always have these four practices, and they they just have to you know learn and learn and learn until they're they're feeling like every single day I go to bed like a better person than I was when I woke up in the morning because of these four simple practices that basically tie my entire life together. Makes sense. Yeah, and as, as fitness coaches, we all we all understand how exercise fits this and we all already have this approach to exercise you know we all understand like there's plenty of times where i don't feel like working out where i still show up to do it and i've Mm -hmm. gotten smarter over the years of okay it's not always you don't it doesn't have to be super intense it could just be some movement some you know some light stretching it could be a walk it could be that intense workout it could just be hey just show up to a class at the gym take a class you'll feel Mm -hmm. better afterwards but we understand the practice of fitness where we don't always make that connection is the practice of, you know, sleep or nutrition or um, some of this more mindset mm-hmm. type of stuff. Yeah. And it, but that is a perfect example because it helped every coach realize like, Oh yeah, I do. I have, you know, I, the, if any coach has been in the, around for a certain amount of time, very unlikely do they just like follow some specific like thing blindly without thinking too much about it or being intuitive unless they're like, you know, I hired this coach to help me with this, you know, get a certain place and that's just what I'm doing right now. But otherwise they're likely feeling what they, what they need the most of. And, you know, does my body just want to like move around a little bit today? Do I want to, you know, or am I like, yeah, I need to go and and slam a barbell around a little bit. I'm feeling juiced up, you know, like we're in touch with ourselves and we can start to identify what the body's really asking for and learn the easy, simple strategies in, in, in providing the body with what it needs. And, um, if we can do it in, in, in the gym and fitness, it's just as easy, if not easier, even in some of these other, um, domains and the other, of the, the four main pillars. Nice. So what I'm hearing from you is that like the same way a fitness person might have kind of like tools in the toolbox of different styles of workout and movement that they could go to at any time you want your clients and your coaches to get to the point where they have these mindset tools in the toolbox, like journaling, like breath work, like potentially going for a walk checks that box as well. Mm-hmm. Um, is that kind of how you see it? And if so, what are your fa- what are some of your favorite mindset tools that people can, can have in their yeah, toolbox? That's awesome. So first of all, yes, that's exactly what it's like. And that's why there's no like on or off, right? These are practices. So yeah, maybe you had a we- a wedding, out of state and you're traveling and you're drinking and you're seeing friends and this and that, and you come back, you're not off, right? You know, like, okay, this is what I just went through then. And you're in tune with yourself enough and you have enough tools in your tool belt, like you say, to know what you need in those circ- situations and circumstances. And um, practices look different, you know, day to day, even, even food, right? It'll, it'll look different day to day and it'll definitely look different season to season and it'll, and it'll really look different life stage to life stage, right? Like, so like things I do, you know, with two young kids now look very different than they did three, four years ago before I had kids and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's always knowing like we even, we have one thing we kind of, you know, jokingly call it like a slump buster, right? So like if you've met, we have like a, we usually have them have three, three levels of slump buster. Like 
I feel like I've been in a funk for like, you know, a day or two. I feel like I've been in a funk for like a week to 10 days and I've, or okay, I've been in a funk for like more than two weeks. And that may mean even taking like a half day of work or something and like going for a long hike, like whatever it is that they know that when I hit this, I go do this and I come back a new person. It's a line in the sand. It's back to, you know, like letting certain things go, be more focused on things, et cetera. But anyway, it's just tools. Like you said, it's tools in their tool belt that they feel confident with. They don't feel uh, lost. Um, so some of my favorites, so when it comes to mindset, um, so we, we usually look at mindset as kind of two different ways, like active and passive, um, passive or active would be things like journaling, you know, doing specific mantras, um, maybe like a you know, guided meditation, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go sit and, you know, do this mindset work. Basically like I'm doing this for my mind where passive is more just kind of letting the mind do what it wants to do. So it's a walk in the woods. It's um, just kind of zoning out, just like taking away input, you know, just taking away input driving, even with driving without the radio or something like that. Um, the big three there are stillness, silence, and solitude, right? Just letting them, just letting the mind go, letting it wander, letting it do what it wants to do. Um, that could even be like, flow state, like flow movements. It could be creative expression. Um, if they're like artists or a musician or playing music, things like that. Um, and that, that to me is my, those are my favorites. The passive, I like to let my mind wander. Um, my work day is very much, um, you know, I'm a decision maker. I make a lot of decisions in a day. It's very action oriented. It's very, um, solution based, right? It's like kind of get it done, um, expressive in that kind of way. It's kind of like the masculine side of the energy, more young. And so when that's time, when that's over, I want to go sort of just let it go. Like, so I like the flow movements big time at the end of the day. I love, love, love walking in the woods. I take my dog on a walk, no phone, no nothing. And I just let my mind release and, um, and I let it wander where it wants to go. I don't have to, you know, I'm usually I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get this done. I gotta focus on this thing. Okay. It's this time I gotta do this thing. At that time, it's like, no, my mind, wherever it wants to go, if it wants to daydream about the future, if it wants to think back to some fun childhood, whatever feels right, I just do it. And it's funny that that's actually where I have most of my best, like kind of breakthrough thoughts is in this, in this like yin, more yin receptive phase. And I, and all of a sudden it's like something I may have felt stuck on all of a sudden like hits me, you know, cause I'm like, I'm not trying to figure it out. I'm allowing my mind, um, I'm getting out of the way which is a theme in all the things we teach is like your body already knows what it needs to do and already actually wants to do these things. In most cases, we need to just kind of get out of the way and let it do, you know, in a lot of cases, we're just interfering with the processes. Um, so yeah, so most of my mindset work is, is getting out of the way and letting, letting, letting the, uh, letting it out of the cage a little bit. That makes sense. Yeah. How, how much of this can be applied in a, modern lifestyle, modern world versus how much needs to be separated. And like from being in, in doing some of this similar work, I've kind of seen uh, both sides of it. I see the people that aren't really willing to try any of this because mm -hmm. it, it does just feel like uh, not applicable in a modern world. And then I, I see the opposite side, which is people, people see this stuff as so powerful that they become kind of like a, a recluse and they, they might, you know, uh, ditch anything that looks like 
it, it could fit yeah, in a modern right. world in, in a lot of ways. So how do you yeah, think they, about they, that? Like don't, they get to the point where like, I don't really care if this fits into a modern world or not. Cause I just feel, you know, this is what I, this is what I do now. This is, this is who I am. Um, that's a really good question because when I was first, I mean, I basically took like a couple of ye- I mean, I was doing some side work and things like that. And, but I took a lot of time to just rebuild myself and where I was living at the time was out in like a, a, a lake area we rented a house near a lake in the woods and long island that's not very common but we were out in the more rural part of it and um so i was doing all the stuff and i was feeling amazing but like anyone that knew me was like yeah well you're like isolated in the woods out there you know doing you know who knows what you know they used to call me the monk a bunch of my friends were like oh the monk you know because like they thought all the stuff i was doing was crazy so like the idea of even trying to introduce them to it, they're immediately like, no, like this, you're not living a normal life. Like I, I have to live a normal life here, you know? Um, so I knew that this stuff could all be applied to modern lifestyle, but I knew that people wouldn't just take my word for it. I had to kind of show that, which is one of the promises that we make our clients. Like you will still be able to live your normal life and normal society and feel like a regular person. Um, however, the normal, like, uh, no, like what would no, really be normal lifestyle. Like if you just eat what's on the shelves and watch what's on TV and, you know, uh, you know, like just kind of go with the normal trends and stuff, you won't feel good. Like you're not, that's not going to lead you any place good. So some of the things you're going to do are going to have to, you're gonna have to decide of what's more important is maybe seeming a little bit different than your friends or like feeling, you know, thriving every day. And it seems like most people are ready to, ready to be okay with that to at least some extent. And some people actually even I think, are it appeals to them a little bit. Like, yeah, I don't mind being the the one who's kind of, uh, you know, the go like the one who's willing to to step outside the box a little bit and try new things. And you know, they post stuff on Instagram, and then friends kind of think, you know, they just it's different, right? And it's it's it, I don't think people are as af- afraid of it as they were even just three, four, five years ago, right? Because of just. Instagram and stuff, but you know, I show people, I'm like, look, I got a regular haircut still. I still shower, you know, I have a regular house and car and things. And, um, it's, you can do this. Most people that meet me have no idea that I even would be in this world really at all. Yeah. I love that. And I, I love what you said about, yeah, you can't just accept you can, you can operate in a normal society, but you can't just do what everybody else yeah. is doing because I think one of the, so one of the beliefs that I think has to change for people is realizing that what we see as normal in our everyday lives is not normal at all. Like from a, a history evolutionary standpoint, it is not Mm -hmm. normal at all. Like it is not normal for us to be staring Mm -hmm. into a screen for 14 hours a day or whatever it is. It's not normal for us to be sitting as much as we are. It's not normal for us to eat food that has no, has not had any recent connection exactly. to the earth. It's not normal for us to, to literally never like not spend more than five or 10 minutes in the sun, potentially go days at a time yeah. without seeing the sun, having that connection to a circadian rhythm, our actual bare feet yes. touching the ground, you know, like it's so funny. So one thing that I, I thought was kind of weird years ago was like this idea of mm-hmm. like grounding of like, Oh yeah. It's so like, how could that really do something? And then you, and then I started planting trees at my house, like fruit mm. trees. And I'm like, literally this thing goes from a seed to this massive avocado or mango tree, just literally through its yes. connection to the earth. Like 
like water, sunlight. And then most of that though, is it's foundational connection yes. to the earth. Yeah. It's, it's considered weird or woo woo that we might get some sort of energy or decompression or stress relief from putting ourselves on. Yeah, the exactly. And that's, I mean, um, so first, like what all these little things you're saying, like, yeah, it's not normal. You know, all these things that are normal and not normal. That's a, you know, when we do this educational piece, like that, those are the light bulbs that people go off for people. Like, yeah, I never really thought of that, but like, that makes perfect sense. Like I shouldn't be staring into a phone who, which light, whose light signal is basically telling my body it's midday and I'm staring into it at 10 o'clock at night and then I can't sleep. Right. Um, but so like all those light bulbs are, are, are a big part of this. And then I, I love what you said about the tree because, um, and we use this example when, when I say the human body already, um, knows how to heal it or and it already wants to heal in most cases we need just we need to give it this the, the proper time space and energy um and then really just kind of get out of the way but that time time uh, excuse me, the energy specifically is mostly comes through like water light and earth like food like the those are how we, we nourish it and um it just like i use the example like an oak tree knows exactly how to become an acorn knows exactly how to become an oak tree it just needs water light and, and, and fertile soil. It has all the information to grow big and strong and healthy. It, um, and humans are the same way. Like the animal kingdom is the same way. All other animals, they reach peak genetic expression just by, you know, eating when they're hungry, sleeping when they're tired, being out in the sun, resting, playing. And they, you know, you see these massive tigers and lions, they're not you know, working out, you know, they just do these, like the body wants to do these things. Our body wants to express and become the fullest, most like, um, powerful, but not just physically powerful, but just mentally, emotionally, spiritually fullest person possible. And it can do it with this, the most simple, simple connection to nature. Yeah. All right. So if we haven't gone <laughs> off the rails yet, we're gonna I, know, go I, I actually was like holding myself back a little bit because I could really go on, on in this stuff for a while. But um, so I want to ask about your uh, your plant medicine yeah. experience. And this is more just my yeah. own personal um, interest and curiosity. So um, can you tell sure. us uh, a little bit yeah, about that? Now, uh, before I do, do you have is there like a specific question you have uh, or place I should start? Not really. I've never okay. done it myself, but um, my wife and I have talked about it. And we're like, would we do it? I don't know. I don't know if we would or not, but I'm curious. Yeah. To, to so hear. Um, plant medicines have become a big part of my life for sure. Um, I first, when I first you know, sold the gym and started kind of rebuilding myself and ended up on this holistic journey, um, one of the two big things kept popping up. One of them was fasting and one of the other ones were plant medicine. It was like every podcast, everything I watched, it was just like, it was like, especially plant medicine. It was like the fasting I heard a few times and then we went and did it. And the plant medicine just like wouldn't go away. I'd be listening to like business podcasts, but all the, and all of a sudden I'd like, oh yeah. And then like I did, went and did ayahuasca. I'm like, what this guy, like, ayahuasca, like, well, how is this everywhere? You know? And, um, and I, I started re like paying attention to it. And I always told myself, my wife and I would say like, yeah, maybe one day we'll do this ayahuasca thing. We'll go to Peru or something like that. Thinking that that was like the only way you could do it. And, um, I kind of made a promise to myself cause I was, I, the thought of it scared me, but I made a promise to myself cause I'd always hear people say, it'll find you when you're, when you, when, you know, it'll, the, when the student's ready, the teacher will appear kind of thing. And I always told myself, well, 
when I get an opportunity to, if I ever get invited or whatever, I'll do it. Not really thinking that it would happen anytime soon. And um, lo and behold, I, I, through a strange series of events, I met someone at a seminar actually, and on lunch break we were talking and he's telling me that he's, he, he works with this circle uh, somewhat locally to me, different state, but close enough that I can drive. And then I was like, wow, really? You know, like that, that, I didn't think that it was possible around here. Um, but didn't get any information, like didn't even get the guy's name and all this stuff. And I was like, damn, like, and I left like regretting. And then I met someone else who knew that guy who knew the, both of them and like connected me. So I was like, oh yeah, this is, I don't want, I obviously have to be vague, but, um, I was like, oh, that's the other guy that he was telling me about. So I reached out to the person cause I was like, I have a few questions about this stuff. I was actually interested in microdosing first. And um, he emailed me back and was like, oh, we're having ceremony on, on November 2nd. Do you want to come or would you like to join us? And I was like, what the fuck? Like I was blindsided by this because I was like, I didn't think he was going to ask me to just come and do a ceremony. Like I'm not ready for that. And it was like six weeks away. And uh, I was scared as hell. I almost bailed a few different times. And uh, ultimately I, I stepped into it because I just knew it was going to bring me growth. And I knew it was going to, I didn't know, but well. I guess I just, I guess I did know. And lo and behold, it was just absolute, um, this like life changing experience, right? It just showed me, it, it was, it, it, you're able to see all of the ways in your life that you're holding yourself back and all of this, how simple it would be to make these changes and truly be who you want to be. And in ways I just didn't even realize, I had no conscious awareness that I was you know, little areas where I was living in fear or not fully stepping into my, myself and my power. And, um, and I was, uh, I did the one ceremony. I didn't do another one for about like eight months. And now I've, I do them pretty much every like, um, two to three months I'll do one. I have an ayahuasca ceremony on Saturday actually. Um, so it's like, it's just because it, if you have the opportunity to, if these things show up in your life, there, there, there is a reason there to, to, to do them. And so every time I have the opportunity, it's so hard for me to say no, because and not because it's like, Oh, it's a, you know, it's a drug and it's addicting. And I'm going to go have like this party It's not a party at all. It's hard freaking work. And it's, you know, it's still scary every time, but it's like, I know I'm going to come out of there a better person. I'm going to walk away. Every time I walk away, usually at least two or three, like really, specific distinct things that I realize are holding me back that I, I, and a, a plan that I'm going to go make these changes right away. And, um, and through that process, I've, I've experienced tremendous growth in every, every single aspect of my life. Like I cannot say one thing in my life that has not been changed. And, um, I now have most of my family, actually my entire family, basically practicing as well. We've done some private ceremonies as a family. Um, and uh, my wife and I, she's been pregnant or breastfeeding the most this entire time. Uh, but she recently, her and I last month did our first ayahuasca. We finally got to do the one you know, we talked about. It wasn't in Peru, but it was together. And it was very, um, it was, it, it healed wounds we didn't know we had kind of thing. You know what I mean? It brought us a place that we thought we were already there and realized we, you know, we weren't. But it, it showed us that, um, you know, if we really want to access the level of life that we, we aim for and really unlock the kingdom that we, we wish to create for ourselves and our family, that 
you know, this, any little emotional gaps between us, you know, the, we could see that there was still like these little emotional gaps between us that where there wasn't full transparency or full honesty with ourselves or with each other or whatever. And it showed us like if an inch gap like that might as well, you know, might as well be a mile wide. If you're, if you're trying to go where you want to go, this, there can be nothing. There can only be oneness and there can only be full synchronicity between the two of you. Um, and we had a moment where I actually, you know, we were actually outside for this one, which was the first time I ever did that, but it was a little chilly and I was like holding her and we could just, it was the most unbelievable feeling of oneness I've ever experienced in my life. Um, and, uh, and now it's just, it, it, it bleeds into every aspect of my work. You know, the coaching, it's not like I'm telling clients to go do these things or whatever, but it's, it gives you this clarity and this you feel like you can see problems and their solutions so quickly and easily and clearly. And it's almost entire, it's almost always because you're, you're limiting yourself. You're the, you, some sort of limiting belief that's based in fear about yourself, but you able, you start recognizing them so quickly and calling your, your own BS and, and knowing exactly what you need to do that life accelerates very, very quickly, very fast. That's awesome. I have so many questions, Please. but um, I think I wanted to point out something and, you know, I have no experience with this stuff, but from what I've seen and heard, the difference between what you're doing and what, what maybe a lot of other people might do is that it sounds like you went into this one with some kind of um, skill set in meditation, breath work, um, some of the mindset stuff going into it. And then secondly, seeing this not as like a fix to your problems, but just another tool yes. like the same way i might go to like a personal development yes. seminar on a weekend like i'm excited for it but i also know i'm gonna yes. it's gonna be really hard work and it's gonna get really uncomfortable at times and like if i'm being honest i'm not doing it because it's gonna be fun i'm doing it because who i'm gonna come out yes. on the other side of it being versus like you're not going for the the high mm. or the experience of the actual it, thing itself necessarily. yeah 100 percent it is freaking work. And and the thing is you, you do get to touch bliss at, at certain points, many times, usually after an hour or two or more of very challenging um, emotional work. And, but that's kind of what it, it always just, it's a reminder every time that, yeah, all this great stuff is on the other side of, of hard work and the other side of stepping into fear and facing yourself. You just, you just, you're forced to look yourself right in the eyes, in the mirror, like look into your soul. And uh, sometimes that's not comfortable, but once you do it and you sit with it and you release things and you forgive yourself and you forgive others and whatever is showing you needs to be done there, then you get to access that, that these states that aren't really accessible other times. Um, yeah. But having, I, I don't rec I don't just recommend people, Hey, you should go do this unless without a thorough conversation, at least. Um, and one of that is like, well, how much are you already doing? You don't need to be uh, a monk on a mountain kind of thing, but you should have some um, a foundation in sitting with your own thoughts an awareness around your actions and your, like the way your actions um, create your life. Like you, you have to accept own, you have to have a certain level of ownership over your life already. Otherwise you might just be completely just like blindsided and not even know what to do with the information and how to go integrate it. Now, if someone has done, done some of that work 
and they're coming to you for help, how do you not just um, give them this, like, how is your approach as a coach? Not just like, oh, you got to go do ayahuasca. You know, how do you think about approaching in a way where you can give them to live a much better quality of life, really transform their life, as you pointed out, when without necessarily needing that? And I, I think that's the reason I bring this up is I think so many coaches, they want to they, they have a certain journey. And whether it's ayahuasca or it's just like, this is how I got my double unders. It's like they, they have an emotional attachment to that aspect of it. And they almost feel like, okay, this, co this next person has to do it this way to be successful. Yeah. Right. So how, how do you approach that? How do you Yeah, that's good those? because a lot of people do, cause they're like, oh my God, this stuff is amazing. You have to go do it. You have to go do it. And a, that can scare people away or it can push people that aren't ready into it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just a serious level of work. I do at this point in my life, I've, I've, and through the work that I've done with the medicine, it's showing me that a big, you know, one of my responsibilities is to connect people that need it, that the medicine is trying to get to more people in this world right now because it's, it's needed. Um, so I don't drag my feet or, or I, I don't like, um, I don't hesitate too much to at least like put it out there. Like, Hey, this is a thing that could be a, an option for you. Um, just to like almost gauge a reaction from that. Like, Oh my God, like no way. Or like, really? Oh, I've, you know, I've heard about that. And I've been thinking about like, if, if the response is like that, then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll hear it. I'll, I'll listen and I'll see, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to decide what's best to do. But, um, I do end up recommending quite a few people. Most of my, I think just about everybody on my leadership team is, has ex worked with medicine pretty extensively. Some of them, in fact, one of them's flying in from Canada. He hasn't yet. This will be his first one um, with me this weekend. And um, uh, I forget what your question was, but oh yeah. But the thing is, so it's it's such a humbling experience that one of the things you learn is like how much you don't know, right? It's like I don't like this. This stuff is like so much more intelligent than I am that I I don't really like. It's it's so humbling that you. I think most experienced uh, people, they, 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 they trust the timing that the other person will find what they need when they need it kind of thing and be ready when they're ready. As opposed to, I think you're ready now. Um, you know, it's kind of like stepping out of line a little bit and um, you know, I will, you know, with some of my family and stuff through con after conversations with that, like, no, I, I think you're ready. Like, I think you're, you'll be okay and you will do this and we'll do this together. And I can say that stuff with confidence, but I definitely don't just say if someone tells me they're a little stuck and I tell them well, you should go do ayahuasca. You know what I mean? Like there's uh, there's a lot more of the conversation than that, but you know, it's an ego check. It's like, um, I don't have all the answers. I don't know if this is right for you. I don't know if this is what you'll need right now. Um, only you really know that. Like, you know, we can talk about it, but only you can really make that decision. Yeah. Um, another thing that, I want to kind of touch on is I think there's, there's a difference between someone who uses this as a continuous development versus using it as mm -hmm. a crutch. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to recognize you because I've seen your evolution. I mean, we don't talk that often, but just in our two interviews, I can see, uh, you know, your evolution as your confidence, your ability to just kind of uh, be thoughtful and intentional with your words and your thoughts. And I can see how that's positively improving. We were talking before this about, 
other companies that are doing similar stuff to you. And you were talking about how you, how you've changed, how you view, uh, you know, what might be perceived as competition in the market or perceive uncertainty in your business of maybe not wanting to put that out there before, because it, it makes you look Mm -hmm. incompetent before. Whereas now it's like, no, I don't need to have everything Mm -hmm. figured out. And I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, so yeah. How, how do you think about, that development versus it being like a crutch for you that you just have to yeah, fall that, back that's on. That's another great question. Um, cause some people will do that. They, they, they get in a, they kind of know, okay, I have a ceremony coming up. Like that's where the work is done. And then I go back to my life and I slip back into my old ways. And then I say, okay, I got to go to ceremony again. And they go to ceremony, they get in check and then they slip back in and it becomes like this crutch where it's like, I can't, I can't really change anything until ceremony again. And, um, that's, uh, it's definitely, you know, it's not addict. This stuff isn't addictive because obviously it's all the work, but like that still a, a negative pattern, right? It's still like a dependency in some ways. Um, where when you look at it, it's like, you know, that I think, yeah, where you know that it's, this is just a way that I'm going to better myself every time. It's like, I'm going to walk away better, better and better in a lot of, like you said there better in most ways we, I learned through this is just, is just being more honest with myself. Like this is just where I am. This is who I am. This is just the life. This is just where, you know, my past is my past. My present is, is this, this is, this is who I am. Um, it's okay to not have the answers. It's okay to not really see the next move exactly right every time, but it's just trusting that it will, it's, it's a trust. It's building a trust that, I somehow survived this long. Somehow I've, you know, always had food, always had a house over my a roof over my head and always had, um, loving people around me. And that will continue to, to, to be the case. And, um, and then, yeah, I'm much more okay with, it takes me out of the scarcity mode, right? It's like, no, it's, it puts me in an abundance mindset. Like I'm, 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 I'm provided for, I've always been provided for, I'll always be provided for everything I need is here or accessible to me. And I'm in full control of my life. So yeah, when you mentioned a, a similar company doing similar things, the you know I didn't throw up these these uh, defense mechanisms at all. It's like great, more people to help people heal, right? There's no shortage of people in our world right now that need our help. Um, and uh, in the past, I might have been, I might have, um, you know, not felt as good about that. And not, or and like the same thing with the honesty stuff. Like, yeah, there's so much that we're seeing at this at O two three the vision that feels very clear and very like on target, and that we're very confident with. And then there's aspects of things that we don't know what's going to happen in the industry and this stuff. And like, I'm okay saying that, and I'm okay saying like, here's the vision, um, who's in kind of thing. Um, but this is all I know so far, you know. And uh, that feels really good. And that's uh, yeah, that's that didn't come easy. That didn't that didn't come easy at all honest self-honesty and just i was uh, writing my journal the other night um and, and it's one of those things like honesty is one of those things where you never think you're being dishonest with yourself or with other people because you're not like lying it's not it doesn't feel like lying but you're not being fully honest with yourself and i wrote my journal the other night i said if i can't be honest with myself i can't be anything and um that just feels really true to me right now. And like in the macro, but also the micro, every little thing I'm doing, do I need this thing right now? Do I need this snack? Do I need this, you know, just being fully honest with myself all the time um, just feels really good. And a lot of times the honesty is like, 
I don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't know what to do right now. And, you know, especially with parenting and little kids, like, I don't know. I don't know what to do right now. Um, but that feels, it's a freeing. You feel free because of that, right? It's a freeing feeling. You don't feel like this, I have to be this guy that has all the answers all the time and everyone's coming to me for solutions. And, you know, that's, that's a scary place to be where I can openly say, I don't know. Um, that's, that's freedom. Great. Well, we'll end it there. Um, I appreciate you making the time. This is a really yeah, fun yeah, conversation for me. Um, is there anything else you want to, to add or cap it off with or just where people can um, find you? I guess I'll just add, just kind of summarize what we said, you know, like I, I was just saying there, like, Hey, Oh, two, three, you know, this is what we're doing. Um, we are, what we believe is, is helping the fitness industry expand beyond the gym walls to match the needs of our society. You know, we're looking around at, at serious needs um, real health challenges. We're not trying to become healthcare or take the place of, of medic medicine, but we can create substantial improvements and changes in the lives of our clients and our society through lifestyle medicine, really. And, um, like I just said, I don't have it all figured out, but we are doing some really awesome stuff and we're always recruiting coaches in this industry who want to take their clients in their career to the next level and want to do it through, um, you know, helping people, better themselves in, in deeper ways. So if that interests you, we're interviewing actually um, for some spots on our team before the year ends. I don't know when this is going to to air. And then moving forward, we'll be having periodic um, uh, interviews and stuff. But follow us on uh, Instagram at 023 underscore pro is for coaches and 023 underscore holistic underscore systems. And I think there's another underscore at the end, um, is our brand new channel for the end clients. Not much on there yet, but that's kind of keeping an eye on everything that's going on. And I'm um, at bcostello underscore 023 on Instagram. So you can follow all the stuff there. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks again, thank Brian. Thank you, Andrew. This is great, man.